Well, howdy, y'all. As the holidays approach, we wanted to do an episode here to encourage people to give. If you find yourself in a position to help those in need this holiday season, this is for you. The Mike McGill Christmas Spectacular Concert and Fundraiser is a live stream this year. It's usually at Barley's, but this year it's a live stream. Every year, the Spectacular raises money for the Second Harvest Food Bank's Food for Kids program. This year, the show is going virtual, and you can tune in at 8 o'clock on Friday, December 18th, coming at you live from Big Al Braden's Music Warehouse. Over the past eight years, the Spectacular has helped provide nearly 20,000 meals for kids in need. A lot of children that this program feeds rely on school lunches for meals. Uh, In the summertime, those resources aren't available for those kids. So let me hit you with some of the numbers on the Food for Kids program and the Summer Food for Kids program. Uh, Because during our chat, Mike McGill uh, talked uh, about some of those numbers, but he absolutely butchered them. Uh, So the uh, Food for Kids program uh, takes place in 18 counties in Tennessee. Uh, There are 280 participating schools, and uh, 12,500 children are currently benefiting from that program. Uh, The number of meals provided this year for those kids, 1.1 million meals that that program has provided. And uh, $100 will provide healthy food for one of these kids for an entire year. There's zero cost to the child or the school that receives the food. Thank you guys for listening through this ad. Appreciate it a lot. It's, a, it's an important thing, and it helps so many people. And uh, please tune into Mike McGill's Facebook page at 8 p.m. on Friday, December 18th. Make a few clicks to help those in need at 8 o'clock p.m. Podcast time. All right, guys. Welcome into South Stuffy Podcast. My name is Ben Fields. I'm the host of this podcast. Thanks for being here. We got a repeat guest here today. The uh, always hilarious and extremely kind and generous Mike McGill is here. He brought some cigars with him. And we filmed an episode of South of Scruffy for the first time ever. So it's on YouTube. Check it out. South of Scruffy YouTube channel. It's there right now. Uh, give that a peek so you can really feel what we were feeling because it was real, man. Mike was here to talk about his yearly benefit concert uh, that he does, and I truly hope that uh, you guys can check that out and donate uh, a little bit to that cause and help feed some hungry kids in East Tennessee and across the whole state. Let's do it, guys. Here we go. Let's get to it. Let the madness ensue. Oh, and also, uh, Mike plays us a few songs after our chat, too, which is freaking amazing. That's on YouTube also, so check that all out. Guys, here we go. Let's do it. The man, Mike McGill. We're doing the podcast. I don't smoke cigars very often. My first time. Oh, that smells great. Um, that's a really good cigar. So enjoy it. You're not supposed to inhale them, right? I mean, you know, not unless you want. Get a free. I mean, I you know, as Columbus did, you know. <laughs> Who gives a fuck? Did, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Did you say this was Kennedy's favorite cigar? Mm-hmm. Did you say this was Kennedy's favorite cigar? Uh, Which one? JFK? Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. JFK? Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. How'd you find out that it was his favorite? I don't know. One of those things, you know, one of those days you're just reading or, you know, just that useless shit. Yeah. You find out stuff, you know. I don't know. I Googled it. I don't know what I did. Found found out that that was his. That was his fave. Is there going to be a fucking pop quiz on this or something in the morning? I mean, what is this? If there is, I'm going to be ready for it. Yeah. I'm going to have my Mike McGill knowledge going. 
<laughs> you'll, you'll, not, you'll not get beat if you've got that going for you, pal. It does smell great, and I'm not a huge cigar guy. So I'm glad you. Uh, I'm glad you brought this. Yeah, uh, a couple guys in Santa suits smoking cigars. Hey, looks why like not? a bank heist over here. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you got the stuff. Yeah, <laughs> I got the money. Mike, I was just thinking, you look damn good. Hey, thanks, man. I feel good. You know, I'm not like all freaked out. Not really, but I don't know. Just trying to. Trying to be smart, be responsible, do the right thing. I guess so. Are we? Uh, are we live? Say, are we live? Uh, we are. Sweet. Well, this is our first uh, our first podcast that's had video along with it. Nice. I love that. I do too. <laughs> I hope it all goes. Um, it goes well, and uh, you know. I don't. I can't remember really. Well, I do remember the last time we sat with a piece of glass in front of us. <laughs> was that the was, second was, time I bailed you out? <laughs> yeah, it was that time in Chino, you know, yeah. and um, after the petting zoo incident. Yeah, I remember the pet. <laughs> if you folks don't know, I was covered in salt and Ben looked confused, and <laughs> I just kept kept remembering to myself, you know, who's the real victim here. <laughs> I love a good callback, man. Yeah, yeah. So you were episode number five. Yeah. I think that's right. So five and 50. Did I say that on then? You did. God, I got to get a new writer. You I got to hire some new material. Oh, I thought you were referencing what you said last time. Oh, no, well, this is just I your- Sure your, your, I was. Yeah. Sure I was. Of course I was. For the devotees out there. Dumb, dumb. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But that was- the pandemic wasn't a thing last time you were here. You were one of the last ones where it wasn't, a, we weren't aware of yeah, it. Yeah, no, we were, um, that's right, that's right, because um, my mother, well, I had gotten very sick in January and had been sick for, I don't know, like three weeks, and um, the doctor, and you know, I went to the doctor, as I was telling you earlier, before the for the show, uh, you know, I hadn't been to a doctor in like 12 years, 12 or 15 years, something like that. I just don't go, you know, I've been, you know, lucky enough. I've been, uh, I've been blessed, fortunate, lucky, whatever you want to call it. You it's know. pretty gutsy move though, Mike, not going to the doctor, you know, well, I mean, physical every now and then, I making would, sure, that, you know, cause they can catch something. Well, I had know? a, I had a good friend that, um, one of actually one of my best friends, uh, his, his lady, his special lady friend, dude yeah. is, uh, um, is a, uh, is a doctor. Okay. So, so you had the inside track. If I need, yeah, you know, but time I, you had a rash, you need to get looked at. I don't know about rashes. <laughs> now you're just pissing me off. <laughs> Don't start that. It's too early. <laughs> Headaches. We got we got we got Santa suits on. We're supposed to be a happy time of year. Video and everybody gets to see us now. Hey, <sighs> so the reason we have these suits on, at least why I think we have them on, is because you're going to get to wear this thing. First off, I want to make sure you could still find it. Knew where it was at the house. <laughs> yeah, before I'm glad you did. Before the lights come on on Friday. Yes, the 18th. The 18th. Correct. So the spectacular, the, is the Mike McGill uh, Christmas spectacular, it right? It is. And we just got, um, actually, my phone's out in the car, but we just got the um, 
Um, just got the artwork back for it uh, today uh, from my good buddy Chad Husky, who's done all the posters throughout the eight years that we've been doing it. This is year eight. Wow. So, uh, so yeah, it's a Mike McGill Christmas Spectacular, uh, a solo extravaganza, if you will. Just you. Just me. Yeah. That's yeah. different, right? Totally different. Yeah. Really, really different. I mean, because, you know, when this first when this thing first started, it was back uh when was the Mayan thing that said the oh, world was you to, going you, to end? you told me this last time you were here. Yeah, yeah it was like uh, 2012 or whatever. Right. And, and Rodney came up to you right. yeah, at, at Barley's. Right. Yeah. So uh, I, keep, I keep referencing that because I keep thinking about that actually being the first one, but it wasn't. It wasn't anything <laughs> to do with Christmas. It was just. It's just the thing. I guess, you know, it's the end of the world. It could be whatever we wanted it to be, sure. you know? Yeah. Uh, are we still here now? Yeah, uh, looks like it. So, so yeah, we did that. and um, But it's totally, totally, uh, it, it's kind of weird, too, because, um, you know, as as humans, we're like, we, we always want to compare, you know? You just broke up with Susie Chapstick. Now you got a new one coming yeah. along, and but then this one's different. But she's going to be somewhere, somehow, some way. Probably going to compare the two, sure. Or well, so and so used to, you know. Yeah. Uh, Helen used to do this. Now Susie Chapstick <laughs> don't do it, but now, but she's showing signs. And the same thing with the girls, you know. You know, well, we got to, well. There's Jimmy Lipper. You know, we just got rid of Jimmy Lipper, had to tell him to step off. But now he's going to come back, you know, and uh, now we got uh, Danny Destructo. And, you know, but we compare them all the time. Sure. So it's I think it's just kind of what we do. And this is absolutely no comparison with what it used to be. I mean, because a lot different this time, totally different last time, you know, obviously the biggest difference, we were in front of a live crowd. Second is that we had, uh, usually anywhere between eight to 11 guests that came up and played with you, came up and sang. we had the house band. And, and so what we would do is get uh, – I'd send a notice out to everybody that I had thought about that yeah. either made mention they wanted to do it sure. or or I wanted to be a part of it. Um, I'd send something out to them. And, well, APB for everybody uh, who wanted to yeah, get a, involved. I think more just an invitation, a personal invitation, yeah. you know. And, and, uh, and so we would do that and then um, – um, uh, the, those folks would come in and they would pick their song, pick the key, pick the style they wanted to do it in. Cause most of them were covers. Yeah. You know, there you, would be a few uh, originals, but then I'd put all that together and then send it to the guys. We'd they'd chart learn it. it, learn it, get it all done. We'd have one rehearsal, one run through, and then boom, it was yeah. showtime. Yeah. So learn it all on your own and then yeah. address rehearsal and, and go. Gotcha. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah. So with the COVID, that has totally uh, ixnayed all of that. Yeah, you know, can't do that anymore. Yeah, we uh, can't. So where's the show? Uh, well, the show is going to be held. Uh, we originally, 
I think when you and I talked about when did we talk? Uh, maybe two weeks ago, something like that. I think it was you were Honestly, talking about. Honestly, I've tried to forget, but <laughs> I don't blame you. <laughs> uh, you're talking about the Bijou. Yes, um, we had uh, we had done it. We had we had partnered with Barley's all those years right. and was doing great. And um, the show, uh, I was talking to Steve Wildsmith the other day, and um, who is somebody you need to have on this show? You're, you, uh, that guy uh, yeah. is. He's a lot phenomenal. of people have told me that. He's an amazing guy. I've heard. And he's, he's got to be. And he's got, I'm, I'm sure he's got story after story. Uh, and he's he's just a good guy, you know? Yeah. He's just a good guy. But That's anyway, what I hear from everybody who who says his name. And do you know, to be honest. He's a you, gem, man. You were the person who hipped me to him. I didn't I didn't know who. He, oh, really? I'd, I'd, never, I'd never registered his name before. Mm-hmm. And then it's, you know, one of those things after you know something, you start uh, noticing it everywhere. Right, right. right. It's, that's called the, uh, it's called the uh, uh, Batter-Meinhof phenomenon is what it's called. And it's this, <laughs> it's this phenomenon where Whoa. it's, yeah, I, I read up a lot on this phenomenon. I got rid of that one time with an ointment. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> usually the antibiotic does better, yeah, but yeah. But it's when you're aware of something, it shows up everywhere right, after that, right. right? And after you mentioned Steve Wildsmith to me last time you were here, you were talking about an article that he had written about mm. you after maybe the drunk uncles had split or yeah, something yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you'd mentioned his name, and I went and started to, to mm-hmm. look him up and all that. And then Will Wright came in here, and he mentioned Steve Wildsmith. Mm. And a bunch of other artists have come in, a bunch of other musicians, and, and have mentioned him. And I've dug into his work, and man, he's definitely one that needs to sit in that chair at some point. He's a phenomenal writer. He's a phenomenal guy, uh, and um, he's just man. He's just been. Uh, I can only speak for myself. I think I could probably speak for Will too, because I know they're they're they have a close relationship. But um, he's just helped so many artists. Really, I mean, he's just by writing forwards or. You know, or liner notes, or quotes, or or stories. I mean, he's given me a front page story in the Blunt County Times every year. Really, you know, for this thing. I mean, he's just been super duper an uh, advocate, great guy for what yeah. you guys are doing. Yeah, totally an enabler. Yeah, totally of and, the arts and, and of the best way. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Um, but um, so. We had done it with uh, Barley's all those years, and, of course, this came up, the COVID, and uh, basically getting back to what you were talking about, I was here in February. We got – my mother went in the hospital on January 14th and got out on the February 25th. She was in the hospital when you were here, and you were – I had just came from the hospital. You were in a little bit of a a bad way, it it seemed like. You were worried about it. I mean, you were still able to – to be you, but it, yeah. it's, I could tell it was bothering you a lot. Well, it was. And, um, because, um, I believe if I'm not mistaken, it was either that next day or, uh, the coming day or the, the day after, uh, she was going to have to go in for a uh, surgery to remove fluid and stuff from her lungs. Yes. And of course, she's eighty-two. Yeah, eighty-one at the time. Uh, um, People at eighty-one, eighty-two don't need to be going under the knife that often. That's no, just a, it's just a, no. a, a opportunity for something to happen. Yeah, you know? no, no, no doubt. 
But um, so um, I left the hospital knowing I had to come here and I wanted to come here. I almost canceled and I was just like, no, I'm not going to I'm not going to let that. Thank you. I'm not going to let that take away because I've been um, I've been a listener and a supporter of podcasts for a while and yeah. not only this one but others as well yeah. and i i love the concept of people just talking uh there doesn't have to be anything real you know whatever you know yeah. we're here for a thing uh but you know but yeah. we could also just be here to talk right and, like, which is what we're doing yeah and and probably what we'll do 95 percent of the time yeah you know? yeah uh so but it's cool i think i was talking to the guy that was here last week about about podcasts, uh, mm-hmm. William Wilde, uh, Garrett Sale is his name. And we were talking about how we feel like the podcast, there's, there's two kind of big tent poles that keep the podcast thing going. And that's people with all the bullshit, TikTok, hold the camera right here. Here's how I look, make sure it looks great. The plastic part of what you see from all your buddies and everybody else every day, right. people miss the real people miss. Well, how else are we going to get it? it this Especially is a great way right to do now. that. This is a great way to do it, yeah, right? Absolutely. And then the second part of it is it's a way that you can passively take in content. So you can drive, be driving in your car, listening yeah, to a podcast. Yeah. You can't be driving it's in a, your car watching TikTok. You shouldn't be. No. But but it is. It, it's kind of in a segment the of bitch about run me over doing it the other day. I bet she she's oh, probably filming fuck. one. <laughs> probably. I don't know what she's doing. So so Barley's for all those years, but this year, yeah. Different so story. when I came, I, I left the hospital. I went and had a couple of drinks and came here, did the thing. And but, uh, you know, when the when the announcement of COVID came out, and, and I guess what I was getting at was, luckily she got out right before it really got That's bad. Yes, my yeah. mother. And uh, so, but when it started. You know, I had actually seen a guy who uh, was with the University of Minnesota on the Joe Rogan podcast. That, the infectious disease guy? Yeah, the the, tech, the detective yeah, guy. Yeah, I forget his name. Sam probably knows his name. Uh, I can't remember it either, but uh, I had watched that. And, you know, when he said we're conservatively estimating 250,000 deaths, I was just like, yeah. what? That guy seems like he knows what he's talking about. Yeah, and that's so, a big ass number. Yeah, and uh, so um, it's almost one percent of our population. Yeah, I let that sink in. Yeah, I mean, of course, you know, I don't know. Um, but um, when I seen that, we had a gig booked that week for um, Boys Jig and Reel. That March twentieth was the uh, my first. Uh, my first date back after Christmas. I usually okay. take January, February off. I usually go to Hawaii. Yeah. You know, and then do all that. And then, um, or I have the last few years. I ran into you on the way back from Hawaii yeah. one time. I, I yeah. Think we talked about I was that looking last. at that Kona Brewing Company thing on your toolbox. There. Yeah, I yeah. was like, yeah, that's right. We did. Yeah. Um, so, um, any rate, all that came about, and I, I, I remember calling the, the general manager there, Gina, and I was like, has the health department said anything about, you know, have they done anything about yeah, closing regulations yeah. or how you're going to handle food or how you're going to be able to serve? And, I mean, it was as if a UFO had just landed. She had no idea. I mean, really? and that's not 
Yeah, that's not, not bad a on slam her. on her, right? By by no means, because Gina's a wonderful lady. Yeah, I really like Gina a lot. She's a she's a sweetheart. Yes, and uh, um, and I was just like, well, Gina, I can't do it. I was like, so I, you canceled? I canceled then. W- weren't going to contribute to part of the problem. I just wasn't going to be part of the problem. So yeah. all that year, you know, the whole year leading up to where we're at now, I was just like, what are we going to do? What am I going to do? How am I going to get this show off you know and uh so one day where uh i'm working on a little project there that i'd been doing at the house and uh i said um who was it i believe it was trisha jean brady who said something about um uh she had she had a friend in east nashville who was Use, they were starting to use one of the theaters there to do live performances and empty. stream it. Empty. And it was empty. And it was empty. But they were trying to get into the streaming yeah. in the in that world uh, and still try to, uh, you know, give some people some entertainment, um, uh, maybe make a little pocket change sure. for the performers, yeah. you know, for the artists and stuff. So she went to Tom Bug. And talk to him, who's over the Bijou. He's a tall guy at the Bijou? Uh, Dark-headed guy? Maybe. I don't know. I think he spells his name B-U-G-G. That's about all I know of it. Okay. Um, I've never personally met him. I probably have met him in passing and just didn't know. But he's kind of the mascot for me. He's all, he's the one that does the marquee and just kind of okay. all the other stuff. Yeah, you see he's around. been there for yeah. from what I understand. He's been there for uh, for a, a long, hundred long years. Time. Yeah, he came with the building. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but um, so I had seen a thing on Facebook where she was going to be doing a performance at the Bijou. At the Bijou. Well. A, li- a, a live streamed one or a live an audience? streamed a live streamed event at the Bijou, and they were allowing twenty five people in at a time at this at this particular point in time. And this was back in, I want to say, it's back in October. Okay, so not too terribly late, late long September, ago. early October. Yeah, not so probably she, part of that. Uh, probably she, part of the the phase where we tried to go back to normal as mm-hmm, much as we could, and mm-hmm. so. Couldn't. In the in the process of finding that out, I I knew a, a girl named Courtney Bergmeier who works at the Bijou, who I used to be neighbors with. I knew her when she worked at the coffee shop at WDVA at the visitor center. You know, met her uh, when she was, had just pretty much started school, um, and just had became we had became great friends. Sure, you know, and uh, she had went to school, worked for AC. Did all that stuff yeah. and then landed the job that she went to school to do at the Bijou in, in her, her hometown. hometown. Yeah. Oh, I mean, it was a great story. That's pretty great. Pretty incredible. You know, like, yeah. uh, uh, so um, I just sent her a text and said, Hey, I hear you guys are going to start doing uh, shows at the Bijou you know, with a limited audience, but you're going to be streaming and you're trying to get into that. So I said, it might be a perfect place to do the spectacular. Yeah. And like two seconds, she writes back. I was just thinking the same thing. And <laughs> I was great. like, all right, so this is, this was supposed to be. Yeah. So 
so we talk, we we do our thing, we're listening. So we were talking about uh, at the time they were doing twenty five people. Getting back to Tom, he had went and gotten a grant and put in the um, put in the thing um, the uh, the antiseptic spritzer oh, thing for the yeah. hvac yeah like all, system yep. so and, air, air purification stuff right and then did the uh also did the um they did a re- uh, the, during that that whole renovation they also did um 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 touchless sinks and toilets and the whole deal so he got a grant and then went and made some covid safe improvements to the correct so that made me feel really good so that they're leaning into it they realize this is going to be a thing well yeah and it's nothing that's really going to be ending anytime soon sure you know so it's like you know it's that other thing of well you either adapt you overcome or you evolve or you or or uh, you ignore it or you ignore it and then some kid 30 years from now is going to find your bones in a fucking tar pit and go oh well, there's one of those dummies Mr. Johnson was talking about in science class last week you know it's like i mean what do you what do you do yeah. you just you got to you got to you got to try, man. I mean, yeah, and that goes back to that whole comparison thing. You know, you can't. It's it's a new deal. Yeah, we uh, as a as a production company, we had to think about that when it of, first when I'm it first sure. came up. We we had you know three roads we could have taken. We what do we do now? Leaned into it. You know, we could have ignored it. Mm-hmm. You know, or or we could have behaved as as usual. And we decided to lean into it, and it was probably one of the smartest things as a company we ever did. Because we, the second the shutdown happened, we started saying, "Okay, this is, this is probably going to be the new way." And even if it's not, it's probably good for us to start thinking about this, anyhow. And it became bingo, and we were ready. Yeah, we were ready when production good came for back. You. Yeah, it wasn't my decision. Yeah, um, it was somebody a lot smarter than me's decision. Thank God. Uh, yeah. Thank I mean, not that I really needed clarification. They make on a that. lot of those motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs> So, but good for you, nonetheless. I mean, because I mean, really, you know, this—that was one of the things that I remembered uh, the uh, uh, disease detective talking about was this is not going to be a um, this isn't going to be a a a season. This is going to be. Much more. Right. You know, this is going to be... It's going to be a metaphorical season that yes, lasts a couple of years. Correct. And um, uh, so, you know, and I, I don't I don't get too caught up. You know, I don't run around with a fucking uh, pot and pan on my head or yeah. aluminum foil or none of that shit. I mean, but I do know when, you know, if somebody credible with that big of an audience is taking time to have someone on that is qualified that knows what the hell they're talking about. Well, maybe dumb, dumb, you should listen. Yeah. And, uh, credibility. Yeah. 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 You know, so, um, and, and it's pretty much happened that way, right? Pretty much the way that he laid it out. I mean, yeah, we're past that number. Yeah. Are we really? Yeah. Yeah. I think so. I mean, I, I don't mean to, uh, act like I'm some kind of expert on it because I certainly am not. But yeah, I mean we're 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 either very close or or we're past, past that it. conservative number. Yes, that he put out there. Yes, 
Um, uh, but um, so during all this, that really made me feel good. And I thought that the Bijou was leaning yeah, into it, that they were leaning into it and that they were talking about and they were only doing they were doing one every Friday night. And so that meant audio, video, and they were basically the friends of the Bijou. So you're like your yeah. first 25 or 35 people were getting in. Yeah. Your board members. Right. <laughs> and that kept every, because their egress areas are so small, you know, obviously if they're in the theater, you could have more than that. Yeah. Probably. Oh, okay. So it wasn't because of the size of the theater. It was because of right. the common areas. Right. Exactly. And the Bijou's so small. Correct. Got it. And so they were really trying to be yeah. on top and doing what CDC was was saying and suggesting yeah. and really being conscious about it. So, and during all this stuff, just to uh, just in in my opinion, as Johnny Majors would say, God rest his soul. I know it. Uh, in my opinion, um, I thought it was. I thought it was something that was under. It has been underutilized by companies and by people who have business to let people know that hey, we are doing everything we can. Yeah, you know, and and I think that helps you. Uh, I think that would just help them in the long run of trying, you know, your like your stores, your grocery stores, your your whatever. I mean, you know, hey, we've got an extra crew. We're doing this. Yeah, I We're think it helps that. you it help it it helps you more than it hurts you because you still have the people who Yeah. who have a lot of disdain for, you know, wearing masks and, mm-hmm. you know, being safe and all that. Uh but I think that those folks are pretty well in the minority. So being safer rather than not is not going to offend that many people. Right. You know, and but it's going to help you a whole lot. Well, I mean, you know, if somebody told you, okay, young Ben, I can, I can, uh, I can improve your chances on catching uh, brown trout by sixty percent. Yeah, I'm gonna. I'm you're gonna, gonna do, do it. it. Yeah, you ain't absolutely. Gonna be, you ain't gonna be no dummy. Yeah, you're gonna try it. Yeah, especially if the guy knows pretty much. You know, he's just not uh, ordered a bunch of shit out of LL Bean. But he he's got he's got them on the wall, or he's yeah. got a freezer full of them, sure. or you know, or yeah. he's got an outfitter. You know what I yeah. mean? I mean, yeah, you're gonna listen to that. You're guy. gonna listen, and you're gonna yeah. try it because it's gonna do nothing but do better for you. Yeah. So, uh, I thought that was one of the things with with a lot of businesses that I I just couldn't understand that they weren't pushing that fact, and and then to know that we were getting the Bijou shot, which was where I've originally wanted this show from day one. Yeah. I've wanted it there. Well, you've had you a know. big enough crowd at Barley's to, to, yeah, to put it to had, Bijou. We've had a consistent four to 500 paying people every year. Yeah, which puts you, that's pretty much the whole, that's the whole uh, floor yeah, of the Bijou. Yeah, that's the floor. Yeah. yeah. I think it's 800 seat or something total. like that or 700, something yeah. like that. Yeah, total. But um, uh, So you get your shot. So you get your shot, you know, yeah. and I, I've performed on that stage, and it's a magical place, and it's a really great. I've I've been fortunate enough actually to play there three different times, but um, but knowing that we had started this, and it had, and as Steve was saying, 
this is in their little interview thing that we did this time around. He's just like, well, I dare say this has just gotten way bigger than you. That's great. And I'm like, yeah, it's way bigger than me. I mean, way bigger than I could have ever thought about. I mean, we've we've provided almost 20,000 meals. Right, through Second Harvest, right? First through Second Harvest for the kids, you know. Is and, is uh, this is this year's live stream going to do the same? Or are you going to have to figure out something else? Well, no. I mean, you have to figure out a way to get money for We're going to have a link. Yeah. There'll be a, you know, you click to watch it, and in the comments or in the whatever it's going to be, we'll, we'll treat it as a... Telethon? As an event. Yeah. You know, so we'll send out, uh, it'll be like in a public event, you know, how it'll come across being advertised to people. Yeah. And then, so you click to do uh to watch it and then there'll be a link for the bijou there'll be a link for second harvest and then i'm also putting a link down there for the bijou because they were kind enough after weeks of deliberation and the one thing i can say great about courtney and tom and all of them over there with the whole staff is Everything I was thinking, they were thinking. We were we were on the Lock same step. page every time through our thought process of what we were going to do, and you know, and it finally hit me. It was like, well, you have not been, you've not went anywhere, you've not done nothing um, because you're caretaking for your parents, and you followed every rule, basically the best you can. And now you're going to try to convince people to come out and see you. Yeah. Well, that's not the right reason. Yeah. You know. You so can, you were trying you can, to get people to come. Well, twenty five. They were having twenty five, and they wanted to. They were hoping before the last big number spiked. They were hoping to have uh, maybe let fifty in uh, for the Christmas thing, yeah, because it was a one-off. Sure, you know, yeah. it's Christmas and numbers are going down. It's Christmas, yeah, you yeah. know. So, but that's, you know, and finally, uh, I think both of us, their camp and mine, just realized that you know, I don't. What if, God forbid, but what if one person and then yeah, super spreader. Yeah. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, you know, they're dying to see Mike McGill. Yeah. You know. Yeah, you don't want that. But there ain't nothing funny about that. Yeah. But you know. Yeah. So um so we decided to uh to do that, to cancel that. So in the process, long story, I know. Uh sue me. <laughs> uh <laughs> um a friend of mine, Al Braden. I don't know if you know Al or not. I do. He, he's run sound for years all over town. I yeah, mean, I do. I've, I've known Al for 20 years probably. Al uh, provided my 30th birthday party in Hot Springs, North Carolina with uh, sound equipment and an engineer at the uh, yeah at the stage at Hot Springs, North nice. Carolina. there yeah, you go. He sent me a guy and all his gear and everything. We had a badass time. <laughs> That's how I met Al. Well. He's a uh, mixer or the, the uh, in-house... A guy at Barley's for a long time, right? Correct. Yeah, yeah. So, and, so he hit you up, and you guys. Well, I had ran into um, um, to a mutual friend of ours, and um, and he goes, uh, he goes, yeah, I had to come by. He said uh, he was dropping something off for me, and uh, he said, uh, he said, yeah, I had to come up this way anyway. I was meeting Al, 
And um, I was like, have him call me. This was before I knew anything about the Bijou. Because I knew Al had a warehouse and in, in that uh, uh, that if – if it all was possible, we could we could stage a shot. Oh yeah, you know, and he's got the sound. And now um, Steve Corgan, I don't know if you know Steve Scuba Steve. Know the name? Uh, great drummer and uh, just a, a greater guy. Um, but uh, he has gotten into the video side of all of it. Cool. And works with and for maybe Al. They're 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 left hand right hand. They're you know, so they're they're starting to understand that the world's changing too. Yeah, and you need to be able to provide the video side for it for these musicians yeah. who can't go up on a stage. Correct. So, um, so after that all fell apart with uh, the Bijou, with the Bijou, yeah, s- you know, however you want to say it, serendipitously or yeah. or uh, or whatever. Any other six syllable word you can think of. <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> um, Al calls finally. Yeah. You know, and I like tell him everything and catch him up to speed. And he's like, oh, hey, we'll, we'll shoot it here. It's no problem. We'll, we'll, At li- his warehouse? we'll live stream it. We'll shoot it here. We'll cool. stage it. We'll do everything we need to do. I've got, cool. I've got cur- uh, pipe and drape and we'll set oh, it nice. up and. You know, we'll yeah. make it look real nice. So. If y'all need any help, let me know. Yeah, well, we may, you know. Um, yeah, for sure. That's Because I believe in the cause, man. Yeah. Well, I think it's a great cause. I mean, you know. So, there's st- is there, so it'll still benefit Second Harvest. It's just at a different it's yes. a different venue than the Bijou. Mm-hmm. Okay. And it's going to be you and a live band or just you? Just me. I mean, yeah. I figured, I figured why do a live band – I had the band set up. Uh, I'd talked to the guys. I'd told them all the, you know, all the precautions the Bijou had taken. But I did also still address it as, you know, this is a risk. Yeah. And you got to know this up front. Yeah, and you can do what you can do. You can go get tests at yeah. $125 a whack and get everybody. Yeah. And then... But then, I mean, they're really are they effective if if somebody doesn't go home and quarantine for three days or four days after they after they take it? So, another one of those things you, you can be as safe as you want to be, yeah. but there's still risk involved. Yeah, there's still risk. And so uh, you landed so, on. So with me and the guys, we would have had six, mm. and then the girls from um, Red Shoes and Rosin, um, uh, Jessica Watson, Meet Armstrong. Uh, Shauna Cyphers, they were going to be they've they've done it just about every year with me okay. as background singers, and we also feature them on a couple of songs each year. Gotcha. So I was trying to think of again. I was comparing. I was like, how do I make it? The you know how do the I thing how been? do I get so much variety? You know because when you got eleven different guests and you got a band that can cut whatever music they can hit it heavy on the one like james brown and sing christmas time in the ghetto and then you do clarence carter and then the next thing you're doing you're singing melly kaliki maka is a thing to say with the andrew sisters singing backups with you you know so it's all over the gotta have uh, a well-rounded band yeah and and so it it, uh, you know so i thought well with the band 
and with the with the with the ladies singing and also being able to feature them as featured artists, you know, it's just math at this point. You know, we just got to get through an hour and a half, 20 songs, two hours, whatever. Uh, so instead of one person doing one song, we'll get, you know, they can have three songs and then they can sing on maybe four or five with me. And then the band gets an instrumental, show off their chops. And then we get, so we can build this. It right. ain't no big deal. Right. But since, it was such a uh, – for me, I totally made the decision to do it solo just because, uh, first of all, A, it's going to be different or no matter how we look at it. Yeah. And B, if if the – out of friendship and out of uh, respect that they booked me to be there with a band and with singers – and with the show, then I'm not going to put it somewhere else. I'm, I'm just, gotcha. you know okay. what I mean? Yeah, it just seemed like it was good faith to I feel me you. to not do that. Yeah, you weren't going to just, just find a new venue for the right. show that they helped you put together. Right. Yeah. And then the big thing, the great thing, the uh, you know, in, in the process of all this working with the Bijou was um, they have booked it for next year. Awesome. So it's well, going to get huge. there one way or another. That's huge. Yeah. That makes sense. I mean, Barley's is under new ownership, yeah. right? So it kind of, the pandemic kind of made you, forced you to make a little bit of a change. And it looks well, like it's going to pay off. And that was going to be, it probably wouldn't have been uncomfortable on any end other than Anyone. mine. Yeah. Because I'm always thinking about, the other person yeah. and how is that going to affect because you know if things were normal i could call tomorrow i could call right now and say hey i need to show so and so so and so and they'd be like well we got it open yeah we'll write you in you know no yeah. problem you know so at barley's at barley's yeah. so i didn't want to do anything to jeopardize that as sure. well of having a, um, a number one, having friendships down there, and then having a a really professional working friendship. Yeah, a good working too. relationship with relationship, those guys. Correct. Yeah. Okay. So that kind of came along and gave me a a good way to. Um, I don't know if that's the right way to say it. it sounds kind of shitty. No, really. I, I see what you're you saying. You know what it I'm was, saying. It yeah, was, it was like, a, it was a good way to have just a clean break of being able to get it. Work. I mean, it's like you go for that, you know, that study abroad, you know, with mm -hmm. the girl you were about to break up with anyway. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> and you come back and it's just not so hard because you had to do it. Yeah. I never studied abroad, by the way. Well, well, a couple of them. <laughs> yeah, you know, ugh. it's bad, folks. So, so then this is happening next uh, on Friday, the eighteenth. Yeah, okay. December eighteenth, eight p.m. It'll be a public invite. Just look on Facebook, Mike McGill Christmas Spectacular. Yeah, eighth annual. It'll be all over everything, and uh, yeah, you just show up, click it, and uh, enjoy. I'm excited. And, uh, it should be really easy. We should have a link that goes straight to Second Harvest, so you can. And and the cause is not just Second Harvest. Obviously, they do. They have all different types of programs. The program we really want to help. Um, well, 
that's the wrong way to say it too, but the program that we are trying to raise the money for is specifically the Food for Kids program. Which is a Kids don't ask for it, man. Right. They didn't ask to be here. They didn't ask for shitty parents. They didn't ask for they didn't ask for none of this. They didn't ask for COVID. They certainly didn't ask to go to bed hungry. You know, so it that's that's my passion. That's yeah. that's what I want to do. It's noble, man. Is to man, help the kids. It blew my mind when I heard about uh New York City schools shutting down mm-hmm. and uh they mentioned that New York City schools had a hundred thousand homeless students, and that blew my mind. Well, yeah, I mean, it, it's that, that you know, it's amazing that there that there can be that many people in a country like ours who there is a, who can't have a warm place to sleep at night. You know, I, I read something the other day. There is one billion B with a B. You hear me out there? B billion people in the world that don't have adequate housing believe that you know that are homeless or don't have adequate housing a yeah. billion yeah i mean and you, you know, think of third world countries and all that i mean that's 50 15% of of the the world's population 7 billion something people and that that's amazing though but yeah. but to think you think about third world countries you think i mean i've been to some of these places and yeah. it's like nobody in the entire country has what you'd call yeah. Adequate housing. It's a huge bummer. Yeah. And then, and you know, I was in uh, Honduras, which is one of those third world countries. Yeah. And by the time I left, I, it went through my mind. When I first got there, it was like, golly, these poor people, these poor people, these poor people, these poor people. And then by the time I was leaving, I was wondering to myself, kind of asking, well, who's Who's got it the worst? Yeah. I mean. It's like that petting zoo. I, oh, you know. Who's the real victim here? Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I thought the same thing when I was in Belize one time. Yeah. I was like, this is, this is you know, sad, the, the way that these yeah. people are living. But then I realized they're as happy as oh, 90% of the people yeah. I know. Yeah. They're probably happier than, uh, you know, than uh, uh Davy Dynamite and his fucking hook nosed wife that he can't stand, don't want to stay at home with. <laughs> exactly. Don't blame me because you don't want to quarantine because you married her <laughs> or you married him. You know, I mean, that's the truth. Yeah. You you think about these guys that don't retire till they're like 137. Yeah. I just want to push them off a cliff. Really? You know, because they like, made some poor decisions. Well, to... no, it's just because they don't want to go home. I mean, yeah. you know, that's well, what I, mean. I shouldn't. I, I'm generalizing, obviously, folks. This is trying to be funny. I'm not. I don't really mean this about every old person. Most of them, I won't push off a cliff. But, but you know, it's just like they they're unhappy. They don't want to be home. They want to be work. It's all they know. They want to go back to work. And I just be like, you mean all I have to do is sit on this couch and save the planet? Damn. I'm your guy. I'm, I'm, I'm your guy. I'm your guy. I could do it. I can do it in my sleep. I can do it standing on my head. I can do it while eating Captain Crunch. I don't give a shit. I can do it. I'm your guy. <laughs> you know. I uh I I, I digress. You, that's okay. <laughs> Something that I heard about on the radio one time, and I don't know if you want to talk about it or not. But I remember Red Hickey was talking about this music festival at Hippie Jacks. Oh. <laughs> and she said I think it was like she was saying the lineup and she was like, 
And then Mike McGill will be, well, no, actually, I don't think Mike McGill will be there this weekend. I don't think he's going to make it. Yeah, we were playing that. We were playing to a sold out crowd for three nights at the uh, Overton County Bed and Breakfast at the Injustice Center. <laughs> yeah, that was one for the ages. What was Hippie Jack's though? What was that place? I, is it still around? Or, yeah, I mean, they're I mean, still there. Man, they uh, Jack does him and his wife uh, uh, actually. Uh, I always thought everybody was calling her Mississippi, but they were calling her Mrs. Hippie. Mrs. Hippie, because he's Hippie Jack. <laughs> right. Gotcha. Okay. But well, what um, was that place? That's like a camping music festival, he right? He has got a in farm. Middle Tennessee. Or he's something? got a farm down around uh, Over Overton County, Mon- Monterey, Livingston. Oh, gotcha. Uh, right yeah. there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so south towards Chattanooga and off the pa- beaten path a yeah, little bit. Yeah. Okay. Back in the plateau, right, right, really where the plateau kind of starts, right Sewanee. there. You know. <laughs> and. Um, so yeah, he has a farm down there and has a uh, um, an all music festival. So it's not first time I ever went down there. I was uh, uh, dating this gal who went down there, and uh, Jay Clark was playing down there, yeah. and a bunch of those people that I knew from Knoxville. And I went down there, and I was only privy to the like to the bluegrass festivals or the certain the jazz festival, the certain festival, you know, where you had these artists and this type of music, and this was everything. The hippie jacks thing. The was, hippie jacks yeah, was, was was all music, polysonic uh, yeah, get together. Yeah. yeah, it could be a jam band, it could be a bluegrass band. You could have a singer songwriter. You may have a rock and roller. You may have a yeah. classic country guy or whatever. Sure. You know. And then if you get real drunk and get to the fire and go out in the middle of the night, you. Uh, my first experience was this dude named uh, Man. I hope I don't get this wrong. Ranger Ron. I think was his name, but he was just this old hillbilly dude, you know, mashed up hat, you know, um, probably had some good teeth at some point. Yeah. You know, it's been a while, but then. he had an old guild, uh, 12 string. It's hard enough to tune one with six strings. Sure. And this thing was so far out of tune, but man, he was jamming to, uh, Van Morrison playing, uh, back when Van Morrison was with them and he was singing Gloria, out by a campfire. Love it. And out of fucking nowhere, a guy shows up in a field. And now this place is in the middle of nowhere. There's no cell service, no internet service. You're totally disconnected. And there's a kid shows up with a baritone sax. Starts playing Gloria with him? And starts playing Gloria with this old dude, this old hippie dude, Ranger Ron, Ranger Rick, whatever, Danger Dan. I don't know what the fuck his name I think it was Ranger Ron. I think that's what it was. But, uh, yeah, and I just remember being like, holy cow, man, this is just, this is really, really cool. And so, you went, at, were you playing it that year? Or were you going as a fan? That year was the first year I ever went, and I just went down there as a fan. Yeah, I, I've heard yeah. a lot of people that that know that are that know a lot of people that know where to find the good music have given me uh, a lot of invites to go down there, and I've never done it, man. But but I, uh, it sounds like a hell of a good time. It is a hell of a good time, and Jack and uh, Hippie Jack and Mrs. Hippie. Uh, they man, they provide a wonderful 
work. Um, they do uh, food drives and they do clothing drives. You can go to jamming at hippiejacks.com and find out what the cause is for. It's the 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 wrong people helping the right people for the right reason. You know, I love that. And um, and so he he and their crew all year long grow huge gardens, do perishable food items, coats toys, toiletries, sundries, all this stuff. And they take them to the mountain people of the Cumberland Plateau that don't have anything. I mean, there's people there don't have running water. Right. You know, they can't even buy They can't afford enough PVC to pipe it in from the damn creek. Right. And you're worried about running out of toilet paper, and all you got to do is wash your stinky ass. Yeah. You know, I mean, so they, they do – a wonderful, wonderful work. A lot of people don't know that there's that many people in our backyard who need our help. One out of every six children in East Tennessee go hungry. And and that, is that and, part of the food for kids thing? Yeah. Is that, I mean, is that's that just a, one out of every six is the ones that they're trying to find? Yeah. Yeah. You know, so, um, but um, getting back to that story. So we went down there a year or two. I had as a fan and then uh and of course we had the Barstool Romeos kind of come on and 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 hit it hit it pretty good there and uh we were going to be I wouldn't say we were headlining the festival but we were had a good slot, good time slot. We had a really good slot and people People had been lobbying for us to get there, yeah. you know. So Andy and I, uh, we took off on Andy a, Perkle, Andy Perkle, the Macho Man, uh, Andy Salvage. That's his wrestling name. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so uh, we took off on a Thursday, and we thought, you know, we're going to get down there a couple of days early and just totally have a chance to disconnect and just be fans and before we have to do our show and just take the whole thing in and be a part of it instead of just going down there to perform. Sure. We get down, uh, we come off the interstate, go through Livingston or um, Monterey maybe. At any rate, we get one, one of those little towns and we're, you know, it's a windy road down the mountain, through the holler, over the thing. You guys in a van across. with all your instruments and all that? We are in a Nissan Pathfinder with all of our stuff in it. Or our yeah, uh, personal stuff. Yeah. The uh, the guys were coming down, you know, there. I think there was a couple of guys that were just coming down for the show. The rest and of the room, another one. Yeah, and then there was another one or two that was coming down to, you know, wasn't coming down to Friday or Saturday yeah. or something. So we get down there, and right before you go, right before you take, you turn right to go back to the farm. And from that, there's a little convenience store there on the corner. And from there back to Hippies is probably, I don't know, maybe six or seven miles. It's not very far. Is anybody else traveling that road except people who are going to Hippie Jacks for the weekend? Basically, that's about it. I mean, you know, it's not like there's a, it's not New York City. You know, it's not a big population. Sure. Uh, So, yeah, pretty much. So, um so we stop at the – I said, hey, pull over here before we head back there. And um, 
before I, we hit the six mile stretch before we hit to hit before we hit the promised land here you yeah, know because you're just this thinking convenience store just pull over here for a second yeah. andy pulls over i go in the back of the truck get two tall boys and get them out i've not opened them because once you get so far down this road then you take a gravel road about another two miles and that's all pretty much it's just a logging road yeah. you pass log trucks coming oh, wow. through there the whole thing you know and um so i grab us a couple of beers and i thought well we hit the gravel road we'll pop them and we'll get down there you know we'll be at the farm everything's yeah. easy peasy nobody feels a thing nobody knows nothing we i get the beers we get in the car we top the hill, come down through there, and a cruiser's coming the other way, coming uh, towards us. So we're traveling. Top car, Crown Vic? Uh, yes. And, um, you know, we're all, I mean, we're not doing anything wrong. We don't have anything open again, you know, but it's just, you know, it's like fucking Darth Vader shows up. You're kind of scared. You know what sure. I mean? yeah. So, uh, and about that time, I look up in the rear view mirror or in the side mirror because I'm not driving. I look in the side mirror, and this dude has pulled a Roscoe P. Coltrane in the middle of the road and has turned around the cruiser. Yeah. Officer Stout. Officer Stout. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Class A dickhead. Really? Oh. Let me finish. So he turns around, pulls us over, and walks up to the car and goes, you know why I pulled you over? And uh, Andy said, no, I have no idea. He said, uh, I believe your wind tent's too dark. Uh-oh. And, of course, you know, how do you tell that? You're doing 35 mile an hour, opposite directions. You know, you know some people are just born with that eye, Mike. Exactly. You know? Yeah. i tell you the eye he was born with. Yeah, a brown eye. Yeah. When he needed a foot stuck up. <laughs> so he checks the thing. Everything's fine. Well, uh, wants our information, you know, wants my license. I was like, well, I ain't got a license. I just totally lied. Yeah. You know, I ain't doing nothing. Yeah, you don't need so my license. I'm not operating riding, any vehicle. I'm riding in a car. Yeah, I, I, I know. You know, I know my rights here, man. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Stay out of Long Beach, Lebowski. Yeah, exactly. You know, Malibu, Malibu. Yeah, stay out of Malibu. Um, so uh, one thing leads to another, and he comes back, and he's got a hand on his gun. Why? All right. So it comes to find out Andy uh Andy had gotten a DUI um several I mean like almost a year before that, you yeah. know? I mean several months, several several months. Well, do you remember when the lady was misappropriating funds for the trustees in Knox County and all that no. shit and back when Bumgardner and all that? I remember that. And, Okay, well, right after that, there was a lady who who had got caught uh, misappropriating funds, and uh, uh, that people were paying their fines and their penalties. And she was keeping it. She was keeping it. 
Andy was one that she had that had never reported his case had been dismissed but he never paid his court costs because she kept him right that's garbage exactly oh it gets better does it i bet officer stout's got a hard on for putting you in jail right now he could fart and blow the rule book open to page 17 uh article a section b i mean whatever you know you know what I'm saying. Yeah. I mean, he, yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, and here we are in the middle of nowhere. You don't even have cell service. And luckily, I look and I got like two bars. I called Jay Clark. I said, Jay, I don't know if you'll get this or not. I said, but we're in trouble. So, uh, in the process of all this, I'm thinking, well, I still ain't done nothing wrong. And then, of course, he's going through the car and all this shit and uh, and finds the two beers. And he's like, what's this? I said, well, it looks like beers. Yeah. Two unopened beers. Yeah. How, how else are you going to get them home from the store? And he goes, uh, 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 he said something smart assed And I said, well, if you, as you can see, they're not open and we've not been drinking. Yeah. You know, like, duh. So, um, long story short here, they finally uh, keep badgering me. I give them my shit. Well, comes to find out I've got a warrant for my arrest. Yeah. And Are you sure this is true? This sounds like this, this sounds is like fucking like true. Officer Stout started writing some rules on the spot. This is fucking true. I'm telling you, everybody, this is true. God bless. I got a warrant for my arrest for child support. Okay. Yeah. In Knox County, I have a, and they won't tell me what it's for. You know, I'm just like I don't. I ain't never had a speeding ticket. You know. Right. And. uh so, because it's a Memorial Day weekend, we got to go back to the little county jail, the Injustice Center at the Overton County Bed and Breakfast. So, does Andy have a warrant, too, for not paying his, for, for quote-unquote not paying? And then you've got a warrant. Correct. So, so this is probably the best I'm action. A dead, I'm a deadbeat dad. Right. You're a deadbeat dad. Andy's a Andy's drunk. Andy's a drunk. Yeah. Yeah. And, and this is... This is the Alice's restaurant, biggest crime that has ever been seen on Officer Stout. Father Stabbers and Mother Rapers. Yeah, exactly. We're on the Group W bench. You are. Yes, totally Alice's restaurant. (laughs) There were four police cruisers (laughs) and two police dogs. Oh, by this time, there's two or three cruisers. Oh, they hit the jackpot. Yeah, and we've got, I mean, you know, I got, I got. $3,000 $3,000 worth of guitars back there. Sure. You know, not yeah. counting my amp. Right. You know, and all my pedals and all my stuff. And right. Blah, blah, blah. And, uh, and not counting Andy's stuff. So here comes a girl that's going that we know from Knoxville that's going to the thing. And I don't know how I talked him into it. I was like, just let us give her our instruments. Okay, I'll let you do that. Okay. So that was cool. We didn't lose any of that to impoundment. Right. Right. So we did all of that. And then 
he finds the weed. It wasn't in one of your guitar cases or something? No. No. Was it a lot? No. It was like a personal it amount? It was about an amount as big as the silver part on that lighter right there. It, it was a little nugget that was in a, a carry case. We're going to a place called Hippie Jack's. Give me we a didn't break. need no weed. Right. You don't take sand to the beach. Just look around. Sure. You know. Um. Yeah. So... Now we're simple possession, blah, 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 father raper, mother stabber, yeah. you know, the Group whole deal, bench. back on it. Yeah. So we get down there. Uh, luckily, I remembered a phone number. Let this be a, listening, a lesson to all you people out there that say, oh, no, I've got his number in my phone. Bullshit. They won't let you have your phone, dumb, dumb. You better know somebody's number or have it written down. That if you need to call somebody when the shit hits the fan, that you can get a hold of them. Yeah. They wouldn't let you have none of this. So luckily I remembered a, a real close buddy's number. So we get a hold of everybody. Finally, still not telling us what they're keeping us for. Hippie's already got a bail bondsman there going to bond us out. You know, he, He's got to get his headliner. Right. <laughs> Uh, won't let us have it. And the next thing I know, we're being booked. And we're waiting on Knox County to get there to come and get us to take us back to pay for our crimes that we committed here in Knox County. Extradition? Extradition. On a holiday. On a holiday weekend. So so as, they, did they hold you on simple possession and then got, got the Knox they County? They arrested us on the simple possession and the thing with Andy. And then... Uh, and then held us because we had paperwork on us here in Knoxville. Did all of it get ever get resolved? Well, we're getting there. Okay. I'm so rush you. So the next thing, well, you asked for it, so you get it. I want it, baby. <laughs> Hit me. <laughs> so the next thing I know, we're we're getting booked, you know, and um, this this young lady who works there is so dumb. Andy, at the time, had a job as a mechanic at a uh, coffee roasting plant. He a had, mechanic at a coffee roast? Oh, for, for the for machines? For the machinery, okay. yeah. gotcha. Yeah. There you go. We'll help you on the big words next time. <laughs> so, um, uh, yeah, so he has a wrench in his pocket, you know, so when they get all their stuff and she's going through our stuff and well, she's calling me Andy the whole time. And really? I'm like, no, I'm not Andy. Yeah. My name's Mike. Da, 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 da. Finally get her to understand that. And she pulls out that fucking wrench and goes, what is this? And it took everything I had not to be a smart ass. Oh, I'm sure. And I said, and I just looked at her and I said, well, that's a wrench. <laughs> I mean, it's polite. Is I can say it. And so the next thing I know, I'm hearing her. It, it's all hell's breaking loose in there because they've got these two criminals from Knoxville, you know. Yeah. And I'm drug uh, kingpins, really. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Just, you know, fucking Chapo and Escobar yeah. here. So, uh, and they're talking about splitting us up. Well, I just got as quiet, and I just started talking quieter and quieter as I could just to get her, just to bring her down so she'd calm the fuck down. And I talked her into 
putting me and him in a cell together. At least we'd be together. Sure. Right? Yeah. So we're booked. We're crooked. We're headed back to the to the to the joint. And I look up and I see maximum security. What? Yeah. They're Is that all us, they had? I don't know. I mean, you know, I don't nobody was forthcoming with a, a lot of information up to this point. They really did think they had Pablo Escobar, didn't Dude. they? Dude. Uh, so we get in there and when we walk in, they, the jailer opens that door, man. And it's a pod system, you know, like all the places are built like now. And, I've never been. <laughs> well, don't. Uh, and dude, they are like fucking monkeys climbing the cages, slinging shit at little kids Who, at the, the zoo. The, the prisoners. The prisoners are? Yeah, fish, we're fucking you tonight, blah, 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 really? da, 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 Yeah, man, it's uh, bad. It's bad. Really? I thought that was just in the movies, Mike. No, it's not just in the movies. <sighs> so they got that from somewhere. So we got, we go to the, the cell that we're going to be home in for the next three days or four days, however long Holiday weekend. Holiday, the long holiday weekend. And... Jailer opens the door, and there's a dude standing there with a swastika tattoo on his neck who looks about like Mighty Mouse. He's built. He's a little guy, but he's ripped. Was he an inmate or was he a guard? he's standing there in his boxers. He's a fucking inmate. Okay. (laughs) He's the boss of that cell. That's who he is. Yeah. And there's three other guys in there with him. So there was five guys in one cell for four days. Until Knox County came and got us. Holy shit, Mike. So we go through all that. It, it, were, were there any dust-ups? Did anything, were you guys, you know, making buddies in there? Was it, you know? So they go, the 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 Nazi looks at us and goes, what did they get you for, boys? And I said, or I think Andy said, they found the weed, man. And he goes to the door, to the iron door you know Nazi guy does the Nazi guy goes to the door and puts his face up against the crack in the door and yells to the top of his lungs they found the musicians weed the musicians from Knoxville they found their weed in their vehicle we need a honey bun and some fucking rolling papers they found the weed. I shit you not. How'd, th- how'd that go, Mike? Oh, my God. How did that endear you to the staff there I'm at the I'm just prison? like, holy shit. I'm just thinking we're going to go to this little country jail. You know, we're probably yeah, going to eat yeah. like green bologna, yeah. some bad eggs, or get the shits Talk or something. Talk to Barney Five for a little bit. Yeah, you know. In the in the one in the in the one jail cell, you know, yeah, yeah, jail there. In yeah, town. And this wasn't no fucking Mayberry. And oh, Otis wasn't there. It was a Nazi <laughs> saying we needed a honey bun and some rolling papers. I swear to God, that's what he yelled. I don't know what it meant. I don't. Was know he nothing. making fun of you? Was I don't he know. To, was he was he trying to make fun of the cops? I or? didn't. I don't know. I didn't go up to him and ask him. You like, did. I mean, you were with the guy for four days. You well, I mean. You know, other than being a racist piece of shit, he was a pretty nice guy. He was guy. pretty nice guy to us the whole time we were there. You know, we played cards. Uh, you know, uh, we got up when they told us to. We went to bed when they told us to. You know, uh, 
How was the food? Oh, it was terrible. Was it? Yeah, it was terrible. That's what you hear about. Yeah, it was terrible. Yeah. But so we get out of there, and they they come in the the they come in. Uh, oh, so then we go to our arraignment. You know, before you left town. Yeah. And and we go in there, uh, and I may be calling it the wrong thing, but we had to go before the judge. They line us up and shackle our feet and our hands together, Jesus. and we're walking down this hallway. Yeah. Okay, so we get before the judge, and I sit there and putting kind of two and two together watching all this. And the judge, there's a lady, probably in her 60s, that's asking for extra time on paying her her fine. She had lost her job. She had had a rough spot. She had blah, was blah, blah, Was she in blah. shackles? No, no. She was just there. It, it's part before they got to us. Yeah. You know. Well, why didn't they shackle her up? Well, hang on. Right. So, uh, so instead of having any kind of... Uh, remorse for this lady or showing her any kind of saying, yeah, yeah, we'll give you an extra, you know, you got to the 10th of next month to pay your yeah. thing. Booked her. Right there. Yeah, right there. This was, it was so fucking corrupt. There was guys, the guys that we were in the, uh, the guys we were in the cell with, uh, there was some of those guys who had been in there four or five years in a county prison because the government, the county government was getting, and they were writing letters. The prisoners were writing letters uh, to try to get into prison so they could have work and work off their time. But they were getting so much kickback money for having a full jail that they were keeping those guys there. So bogus. Oh, it was it was horrible, horrible. I need to change the card in here. Sure. Sam, I got full on the mic. I do. How's it going over there, Sam? Is it? How's it look? Does it look good? Yeah. So the lady the lady gets booked right before you. You're in your, sh- your shackles. Yeah, we're in shackles sitting there waiting on our, you know. Our our time before this this fucking judge is probably driving a new Cadillac with a you know he looked like a you know big Jimmy Durante nose that probably just got done probably had a fifth of fucking scotch in his desk drawer you know right behind <laughs> swinging the gavel He's the biggest ah, criminal in the world <laughs> kill him you know and um, so I figured out right quick that it was just it was just corrupt as hell. You know, there was no, there's no place for those people to work down there. Just nothing but poor people. And this place was just making money hand over fist on these guys that made bad decisions. Yeah. You know, so, um, so we get through all that and, uh, you know, we got a date to, we got to come back, you know, and all that stuff to do that. And then, um, uh, our lucky day arrives, you know, Tuesday comes and this was on a Thursday when know? it happened. Yeah. Right before everybody ducked out for the holiday yeah. weekend. So Tuesday <laughs> comes and there's these two cops shows up from, uh, um, from Knoxville to come and get they us. They came and got you. Yeah. 
That sounds ridiculous. Yeah. That they they must had a they had a ten thousand dollar cash bond on me for the child support thing, and my fucking picture was hanging beside the stage in the Knoxville Welcome Center. Right. I'm not making that up yeah. either. Brian yeah. Wagner took the photo. It's hanging where everyone comes to get welcomed to our fair city. Yeah. By 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 some criminal from Monterey, Steve right? Wildsmith has written countless articles and Wayne Bledsoe, I mean I've been on the news. I've yeah. been at live at 5 at 4 at 6, maybe at 7. I don't know what time we're going to call it this <laughs> fucking month. I've been on all of it. And I'm a hardened criminal, a deadbeat dad. You know, I mean, oh no, <laughs> who raised his daughter? Yeah, the what, so what time. happened with that? Where did okay? They, where, so are you a deadbeat dad, Mike? Is that no, what you're trying to tell no, me? No, far from it. What the hell uh, happened? Uh, so uh, these two cops show up from Knoxville. Now you remember when you first met me, man? I looked like I was selling Bibles. I was clean as a oh, Skeeter's Peter, man. I, I I went back and looked at some photos of you the other day. You were clean shaven. Oh yeah, yeah. no beard, no tattoos. Damn near no had the rockabilly thing going on with oh, the hair. Oh, I had the best hair in the business. Yeah, you did. Yeah. yeah. So um, so <laughs> these guys get there and they look at this old mug shot of me and look back at me and they're like, this ain't the fucking guy we're after. You don't look nothing like the guy. <laughs> and by this time, you know, what do you do? You just laugh. Yeah. I mean, you know, but the guys that showed up was this average looking guy, you know, average height, average build, whatever. And this dude that was with him looked like Jaws off of James Bond. They go good, good cop, bad cop. He on was you? seven feet fucking really? tall. He looked like Lurch and Jaws had Put a together. kid. Yeah, and became a cop. So <laughs> there, we're in this. Uh, we're getting ready to be put in the back of the cruiser, handcuffed behind our backs. Sure. And uh, I said. Uh, I looked at the big guy and I said, man, do you think you could put our handcuffs on in front? I was like, he's like, yeah, it's going to be a little tight back there, big boys like you two. So they did that for us. Well, we get to Crab Orchard on the way back. Yeah. And they look at the big one, Jaws, looks up in the mirror and looks at me and goes, you boys want a Mountain Dew? <laughs> I'm like, well, fuck yeah, I want a Mountain Dew. All I've been drinking is powdered milk and uh, fucking generic Kool-Aid for a week in a in a cell with a Nazi. Yeah, a Mountain Dew would be great, man. I'm not a big Mountain Dew guy, but yeah, I'll take one. Yeah, but right I'll now. take one if you're offering. <laughs> so they literally pull off the interstate at the Crab Orchard exit and go to this gas station <laughs> and buy us two Mountain Dews and get themselves one. And then take us back to Knoxville. Well, we get back to Knoxville, and it's like, finally, you know, you're able to get a phone, some more phone calls, and right. get starting to talk to people. A more civilized part of the state. And the guys that you have talked to have got things in motion, so now you can talk to your lawyer, who, uh, by chance, had just passed the bar exam, like, four weeks ago, <laughs> and was my next-door neighbor. What? Yeah, swear to God. <laughs> 
Swear That's to what God. you want. You want a good newbie to get hey. out there and support you. It's probably cheap. This cause will be good for you. This will, this will make you famous, son. This is a high-profile case. I see. I see. It's kind of like a joke, but smaller. So, uh, so yeah, he he shows up, and uh, we start talking about everything, and then get back to Knox County, and got to get processed again, and got to go through the thing. Well, then there's a girl who was in my choir at Knox at Carter, working in the. Oh, no. Yeah, and you just feel like total shit bird, yeah. you know? Yeah. And it's like, so she's like, listen, I, I ain't judging you. I don't know nothing. And I, you know, uh, and I said, well, you know, this is all a bit, this is all going to come out in my favor. I don't know how, right. but this is not, none of this is true. <laughs> so finally, Andy gets out before I do. I had to stay an extra two nights in Knox County because they wanted ten thousand dollars cash for your bond for my bond, huh. not ten percent, right? Ten grand cash to get you out. So my buddy Jimmy from Jimmy's Pub put up the money for everything, got me out. I left the downtown. I got took from Maloneyville Road to downtown, went before the magistrate there, got everything set with my lawyer, got, you know, the comebacks and all that, you know, to, to for the trial or whatever you want to yeah. call it. They forget I'm in the cell downtown. So I'm up in the old city county building in this cell. Like a holding cell? And like a holding cell, like a drunk tank, yeah. all by myself and nobody else on the entire floor with me. Just lost and- Lost. Yeah. And I got to open for Marty Stewart Where the at? next night at the shed. Did you make it? I made it. How? I got out. What, did you start rattling their cage a little bit? I started raising hell. <laughs> yeah. And somebody, finally somebody come in there and- um I'm like, listen, I know you guys hear this shit all the time. I said, but they've left me. They've just forgot I'm here. I said, I'm free. I've paid my fine. So luckily, that guy who was working went and tried to get to the bottom of it, found out. They sent another car back for me, had to go back to Maloneyville and then get released from there. Went, changed my clothes, got a shower, changed my clothes, got my guitar, and went straight to the shed and opened up for Marty Stewart that night. I mean, Mike, that's some outlaw shit right there, man. I mean, it was like, nuts. It's like, what do they say? If if it ain't been in a pawn shop, it can't play the blues. Yeah. I mean, if you, if you <laughs> they say that about guitars, yeah. If uh, you know, that's what I want a musician like you to be to be I, doing once. I guess. Once. I guess. So we get back. Poor old Andy is just fucked. He really? had to go back and serve 45 days. Because of the because, clerical. Yes. Yeah. Did that ever get like forgiven or did they ever say Finally, we messed up? after he served his time. They said you were lumped in with this group of people who got. Yes. Who were victim to this Sorry, woman who was. You had to go to jail and work from jail for 45 days. It's oh, a bummer. But they let him they let him get a ride and go to work and come back and check yeah. back in every day because they wanted to get paid. Yeah. You yeah. know. 
What happened with the with your thing? Well, luckily, I got back with my thing, and uh, I had I had to get affidavits written by character witnesses, people in the community, my daughter included, and we get back before the magistrate, and my ex wife is there, and uh, who has opened this can of worms with the state, unbeknownst to me, right. Sour grapes. Yeah. And the magistrate looks at her and she's like, what are you trying to do here? What are you trying to prove? She's read all the affidavits. She's read that I've raised my daughter, all this stuff. And finally, uh, and and she couldn't say dick with a mouthful of it. You know, she just, <laughs> she couldn't, she didn't know, she right. couldn't say nothing. Because yeah. she was just trying to fucking get some money. Really? And the magistrate looks at me and she says, Mr. McGill, it seems to me as if you've raised a fine uh, daughter who is now a fine young lady. And um, I have no idea why your ex-wife's got her nose in your business, or nor do I have any idea why the state of Tennessee has their nose in your business. This is dismissed. And I grabbed my lawyer's leg and I was like, let's get the fuck out of here before they change their mind. <laughs> I shit you not, man. And so all my. of my shit was wiped clean too. You know, which, so all which I had never done anything to begin with. <laughs> That's what's crazy. Is it all this devolved into something terrible? Yeah. I lost my license for a year. I couldn't drive. I had to pay people to come and get me to take me to my because gigs. Because you were the passenger in a car. Sarah Hembry came as a friend and drove me every gig that I had still on the books, took me to every one of them. Yeah. I mean, it was crazy, man. It's because you're such a good dude, man. I guess. Thank you for saying that, but. But yeah, so that, yeah, there's your crazy fucking story. <laughs> I got one better than that. Do you? I went to jail one time for not having a life jacket. <laughs> On a boat? You ever, you ever met, you ever been around such a hardened criminal in all your life? No. <laughs> I took my dad and my little girl fishing one time in a canoe at George's Creek in Louisville, right? Not far from here. Yeah. And we were crappie fishing, and this uh, uh, lippy uh, ranger, not Ranger Ron. TWRA? Yeah, TWRA guy was saying, uh, your fish are short. And I said, no, they're not. He said, well, how'd you measure them? And I said, well, I, like I measure all of them. I cut a stick. You know, I cut a piece of wood that was 10 inches long. If its lips hang over that side and his ass hangs over that <laughs> side, it's legal. Well, you didn't use a belly board and all this stuff and blah, 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 blah. And I was like, well, listen, man, if you're going to write me a ticket, write me a ticket, whatever. I don't know. You can measure all the fish and waste your time if you want. I said, but I'm not into breaking the law. Right. You know, so he does. He measures every one of them, takes our time, blah, you know, one thing leads to another. Gives me a $10 ticket for not having enough life jackets in the boat. I had two. Should have had three. Right. No problem. Go uh, within a week. Take Hannah with me, my daughter. Mm -hmm. Go to the Blunt County Courthouse. Pay the 
$10 fee plus the $170 court cost. So it cost me $180 fucking dollars for not having enough life jackets. It's only a $10 fine. Pay it. Got the receipt. Put it in my above my sun visor of my truck. I'm remodeling a house at the time. I tell my dad, I, I've been working on it all day. I come back in. I tell my dad, I said, hey, you want anything from the store? I've got to go get gas. I said, I'm going to go fill my truck up and be ready. Take Hannah to school and, and hit Gatlinburg in the morning. That's when I was playing music. No, I don't think I need anything. So I take off to go to the uh, gas station, get pulled over, doing nothing wrong. Uh, he goes, uh, you crossed the line back there. And I said, well, okay, man. I, you know, sorry. Um, I said, uh, you know, we kind of got a little bit of banter going. Uh, and, uh, I dropped a couple of names, the guys I knew. Yeah. And he goes, I'll have you out here in a minute. Let me just run your stuff. Run my stuff. Comes back, his hand on his gun. <laughs> Swear to God. <laughs> looks at me and says, I'm going to need you to get out of the car. I need to see your hands at all times. You do it slowly. Won't be no problems. I'm like, uh, sure, dude. Whatever, you know. I get out. Uh, do the thing. Uh, talking to him. Next thing I know, I'm against the truck. He's got me cuffed and stuffed and taking me to the cruiser. And I'm like, what are you doing? What? I mean, because I crossed the fucking line. You've got a warrant out for your arrest in Blunt County. I'm like, I ain't, I don't, I don't know what you're talking about, you know. And, of course, as soon as you say that, you're like, they hear this shit every 27 seconds, yeah. you know. Yeah. So, I mean, you can't really blame as much as you really want to. So, I'm just like, uh, and then it dawns on me. And I talk him into letting my brother come get my truck because he was going to have it towed. I said, my brother lives literally five minutes from here. Just let me. I said, I'm a single dad. I ain't got the money to pay for this. All right. I'll let you do that. Well, gee, thanks a lot, Mr. Fucking nice guy. <laughs> Kind-hearted motherfucker. <laughs> so he lets me do that. And then it dawns on me. Life jacket ticket? The life jacket ticket. Because they kept saying, so when I, they, <laughs> so take me from there all the way back to Maloneyville, <laughs> get booked, get processed. <laughs> and uh, I'm sitting there, and it's the night of the Prince concert in Knoxville. This is how long ago it was. Oh. Prince was playing in Knoxville. And Thompson there was, Bowling, I assume? Yeah, I guess it was. I don't know. Um, But, um, and I don't know why I even remember that, but there was this drunk guy in the cell where they throw you, you know, when you first get there in a the holding cell. And he's, I mean, he's drunk. He's, you know, he's relieved himself. Thrashing. Yeah, everything. And he's like, what did you do? And I said, I cut my mother's head off with a rusty butcher knife, you <laughs> son of a bitch. And if you get close to me, I'll kill you too. <laughs> I swear. <laughs> I guess so, that's what you got to do. Well, I mean, you know. I'd I mean, have probably said that to the guy with the Nazi, uh, the swastika on his neck, though. I was just pissed off, <laughs> you know. I mean, I was just like, really? <laughs> so the next thing I know, the the uh, the officer's coming in, and he's like, so um, 
what uh, what's PFD what's PFD violation? And I'm like, you're the fucking cop. I don't know what the hell you're talking about. PFD. I don't know. I'm like, dude, I ain't again. Yeah, I ain't ever had a speeding ticket. I don't know what you're talking about. And um, so Blunt County comes and get me and takes me to back to Blunt County because I'm wanted. I'm a hardened criminal With wanted the, in Blunt County. For the PFD violation. Yes, for the PFD violation. Get back to Blunt County. I'm sitting there. It dawns on me. They ever tell you what a PFD was? Finally. Yeah. Personal flotation device. Yeah, it is. Yeah. yeah. And uh, so finally get through all that. uh Called my mother on that one, you know, and my brother. I bet that felt good as an adult. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. You've already had to, your brother had to come get your, your truck, truck where yeah. it didn't get, you know. Yeah. So now your mom knows. Mm-hmm. So they come and get me. I go do all the stuff. Get back to the, uh, you know, like a week or two weeks later, however long. Get back before the judge. Walk, you know, explain all this to the judge have my receipt in my hand where I had paid it yeah. and it's stamped, it was in the visor. paid in the visor <laughs> of the fucking truck. <laughs> and uh, he goes, so you're telling me you've paid this fine. You've done what you said you were going to do, what you were supposed to do, and you got arrested and held in Knox County, and then we sent an officer to come get you. Brought you back here, booked again in Blunt County. I'm like, yeah. I, I, and I've missed work. Yeah. I've missed three days of work because of all this. And he says, um, I can't remember the He was one of the older judges in Blunt County. I can't remember his name for right now. It escapes me. But he says, um, he said, I'm recommending you seek private counsel for this matter. You know, instead of a uh, public defender. Yeah. And I'm like, so you're telling me I need to sue Blunt County? He goes, I'm telling you, you need to see, uh, you need to get a private, you need to get, you need to seek private counsel for this matter. Huh. Which is, it was exactly what he was saying. Really? That you should sue. Really? Yeah. Because, yeah, they it sounds, were, because they were, sounds kind of messed up. Oh, was totally sounds, messed up. Yeah. Yeah, so I've not had uh, I, I've uh, I, I've been in there and I've I've done some really terrible things, yeah. <laughs> but, but my, none of them stuck. Yeah, I'm made out of Vaseline. Well, it's because you're about the nicest guy on planet Earth, and you're just <laughs> kind as can be. It's it, and I I don't mean to laugh at it, and and I don't mean to even well, say you that, can't do anything else now but laugh at it. I yeah, mean, you know, it's it's. It's a it's a bummer, but you know it makes I don't know it makes it makes you makes you more lovable. The fact that you've been through some dumb shit like that, you know, it's for a hell of a story, I guess. <laughs> it does. Well, what else we got before we before we get to the before we uh, go subscribe to your stream on Friday? What else we need to tell the people before that? Um, Second Harvest Food for Kids program. Yeah. Um, it's a really, if you, you know, if you were a lot, a lot, this started out as the end of the world thing. Started out, it was a totally selfish thing. It was, um, you know, it was uh, uh, basically uh, all the working musicians, local musicians here in Knoxville. It was their Christmas party. It right. was our Christmas party. Gotcha. 
And uh, it is certainly just turned into something uh, tr- just so much more bigger than that. And um, if 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 you were like me, you've heard uh, you've heard horror stories about um, nonprofits and charitable organizations. Their money don't go uh, exactly where the, a lot of them. I'm not saying all of them, but mm-hmm. a lot of them are that way. And you just don't really know how much of that money is going to to the actual cause right. that you're trying to support. Right. And um, I can tell you this, Second Harvest, I've toured their facility. they got a huge 13,000-square-foot uh, warehouse out in Blount County, and uh, uh, they are 95% efficient. Now, for you dumb dums don't understand, that means ninety five cents out of every dollar you make, they make, uh, it goes to the cause, Excellent. and they've got everything you know uh, dialed down so well that they can feed a kid for a year on seven bucks. Wow! Yeah, that's amazing. It's amazing. So seven bucks. You can feed a kid, a hungry kid. So, you know, I mean, that right there is enough to um, – um, it's just amazing. And we've, we've raised we've, – we've provided almost uh, – we've provided over the past uh, – you know, see, it wasn't a, it wasn't a charitable uh, thing until – let's see, this is eight, seven, six, yeah, it was five, the, the last three years. It was years. the Christmas party until – Last three or four yeah. years. I can't remember exactly right off the top of my head if it was three or four, but at any rate, uh, we've raised, uh, we've we've provided almost twenty thousand meals. That's excellent. So um, I hope this year yields a lot more. I do too. I don't know what it's going to be like. You know, I'm sure there's going to be a, a few. You know, I don't know if there'll be hiccups or if there'll be a bug here or there or whatever, but. Uh, we're going to try to make it as easy as possible for people just to click and point and shoot yeah. and, and get what you're wanting to get. And, awesome. uh, um, big thanks to Courtney, uh, Berenger, Bergmeier, Bergmeier. Sorry. At, I, uh, I tried. That's all right. <laughs> uh, uh, big, big thanks to her and all the staff at the Bijou. Um, uh, big thanks to Al. Uh, Braden, Scuba Steve, uh, big thanks to Chad Husky uh, for being my friend and doing all the wonderful artwork that he's done every year for us. And um, um, just all the people that the boys in the band, you know, that were going to be a part of it, uh, uh, the girls and uh, just everybody over the years. It's uh, it's just been a and uh, it's a great lesson in humility at the right time of year. Yeah, for the holidays, it seems to me, and uh, it's a great cause, and it's doing something really good for. Again, kids don't ask for it; they don't ask for anything. It's not get. their fault. Yeah. So, well, let's do it this year, and then uh, and then next year have the uh, have the bijou to yourself. Yeah, we're gonna blow it out next year, man. I hope so. Mike, thanks again for coming over, man. Hey, man, I hope we thank do this you. some more. I would, uh, I'll come back anytime. Okay, yeah. Um, thank you. Do you want to play any music? Do you want us to hang for a second? And play sure, some music if you want, I can yeah. do two or three songs. All right, or let's do it like for that. the. Let's uh, do it for the live stream. We'll uh, 
We'll do that. Let's reset here for a second. We'll yeah. We'll get in sure in place and do it. I wanna I wanna pee. Do it. Let's go. Okay. <laughs> oh, it's so much better. You were supposed to go outside. To oh do that. shit! Sorry. <laughs> How'd we do, guys? I thought that was pretty great. I love Mr. Mike McGill. Why don't you guys hang out for another minute and uh, listen to him play? I think he played five songs for us here. Follow the podcast on Instagram. There's a bunch of cool stuff happening there at South of Scruffy on Instagram. Go to YouTube and uh, check out the video stuff that we're doing now. uh, South of Scruffy YouTube page. And then uh, also, as usual, check out Patreon because those are the people who are helping make all of this happen. Uh, Become one of those people if you want to. Guys, thanks a lot. Take care of yourselves. Mike McGill, play me out. So we're live. We're ready? All right. Let me have me one little toke of the old. All right. Hey, everybody. Tuning in from uh, south of Scruffy podcast at the lair of young Ben Fields. Let's tell you what, buddy. It's a real first class setup around here. <laughs> Not so much. But uh yeah, thanks for having me out. Um Ben had me on the podcast. We're just singing a few songs. Some that I wrote, maybe some I didn't, maybe some I wish I had. Uh who knows what we'll do. Uh you can't ever tell. So uh hopefully hopefully you'll enjoy it. Here's one I wrote about uh, some things that puzzled me. Well, I once had a blonde-haired beauty, had a sparkle in her eye. She left me flat broke, lonesome, and busted, wondering why, why, why. Now a prince, he will marry a princess While the spider catches flies And Peter Pan ain't a boy, he's a jar of peanut butter Tell me, why, why, why? Why, why, oh, why? Why, why, oh, why? Will the sheep get led to the slaughter While the wolf leads around the blind? And they print more money while we go bankrupt. Somebody tell me why, why, why? Well, the president keeps getting richer. Politicians keep telling lies. It just leaves an old hillbilly feeling confused, wondering why, why, why? People like young Ben ask my opinion. I've been known to speak my mind. But I would need a razor blade to get a cut in Nashville. Tell me why, why, why? Well, Johnny, George, Hank, and Waylon never left this world alive. What really good comes from killing one another? Tell me why, why, why? Why, why?
there you go. Oh, little thing I just found asking myself over and over, why, why, why? I'm sure you all have done that over the last little bit with everything going on in our crazy little world that we like to live in. But uh, we won't get started on that. We're going to have a good time. So I wrote this song with a buddy of mine named uh, uh, Van Eaton. And uh, I was reading, uh, watching this thing one day on, um, uh, it was on, uh, it was on Memphis. It was on the About the Music of Memphis. And I'm a big, big uh, Stax record and uh, uh, fan of Memphis and, of course, Sun Records and all that stuff. But uh, a fellow by the name of Rufus Thomas, if you don't know who Rufus Thomas is, shame on you, number one. Number two, you should go find out all the Rufus Thomas you can get. He had a big hit back in the day called Walking the Dog. He had a lovely daughter named Carla Thomas who also had a few hits on the Stax label. <clears throat> and was a great singer. So uh, <clears throat> I was watching a thing one day on uh, on Memphis music, and uh, they came in, and Rufus Thomas, he would just wear these outlandish outfits, <laughs> much like the one I have on, except you can see his from outer space. And uh, they asked him, they said, Man, Rufus, you're looking really, really good today. Why, uh, uh, he, uh, he said, man, you just dressed to the nines. You're really looking good today. And Rufus Thomas looked at this guy in this documentary and goes, well, if it is, uh, you either is or you ain't. You do or you don't. You can or you can't, or you will or you won't. And I thought, well, I'm ripping that off fair and square. So uh, I started out this next song with it with my good buddy Van Eaton. It's called A Good Man's Hard to Find. <laughs> You either is or you ain't, you do or you don't, you can or you can't, or you will or you won't. But either way, baby, a good man, well, he's hard to find. You're either in or you're out, it's up in the air, there's no time to doubt, and I really don't care. But either way, baby, a good man, well, he's hard to find. Yeah, it's an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. And what I'm saying, darling, is the God's honest truth. You might cuss and scream, you may kick and fight. But tell me what good would that do? You know my mama, well, she taught me how to cook and clean. And I can take care of myself when the times get lean, if you know what I mean. Either way, baby, a good man, yeah, he's hard to find. A tooth for a tooth And what I'm saying, darling, is the God's honest truth You might cuss and scream, you could kick and fight But tell me what good would that do? Well, there's been too much talk And right now the talk is cheap And don't you make no promises 
glasses, honey, that you can't keep. Well, either way, baby, a good man, yeah, he's hard to find. Now I'll be gone in the morning before the sun comes up. Me and my little weenie dog and my pickup truck. Either way, baby, a good man, you know he's hard to find. Yes, he is. It's an eye for an eye, a two for a two. And what I'm saying, darling, is the God's honest truth. You might cuss and scream, you may kick and fight. But tell me what good would that do? You either is or you ain't. You do or you don't. You can or you can't. Or you will or you won't. But either way, baby, a good man, well, he's hard to find. I said, now, either way, baby, a good man is hard to find. That's for show, sure, baby. <laughs> I heard somebody tell me a hard man was good to find one time. Well, you know, there's a lot of difference between a uh, hold up and a stick up. <laughs> For all you criminals out there. Well, let's see. Uh, oh, shall we do? Uh, I want to do this rocker, man. I, I, I will do some other stuff that I wrote too, but I, I've been really digging on these guys uh, here lately called. Uh, there's some guys called uh, Mike and the Moon Pies. They're out of Austin, and um, they just released a – well, I shouldn't say that. I don't know if they just released it. I just heard it, I should say that. Uh, but they did this record. Uh, if you, any of you country music fans out there know a guy named Gary Stewart. He was big back in the late 70s and 80s and uh, a tremendous, tremendous singer. And uh, evidently he had wrote a bunch of songs, but it had never been released. And these were lost uh, findings of some of his um, some of his work, uh, and had uh, again never had been uh, been released. But uh, let me see if I can find it here real quick, and we'll do that one for you. This is uh, <laughs> I just love this song, and uh, when 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 Ben and I first met, this was uh, this was. This could have this this could have fit either one of us quite well. I would think maybe me more so because I was the elder, but uh, at any rate, you'll get the picture. <laughs> down on one tonight they're giving me the gold bar stool well a railroad man gets a gold watch and chain a carpenter a set of golden tools but after 20 years of drinking this has gotten me is my very own gold bar stool in gray. 
they read the greatest beer drinking man and put it in a window with a light for the whole world to see tonight they give the gold bar stool to me For the times I've neglected my woman She went out and she found some other food And they keep on a-calling me crazy But he's got her and I've got this gold bar stool some George Jones sausage. Son. Well, what'd you think about that one? That's pretty good. That's a good one. Really good. <laughs> I've sang that one a few times. You wrote it? No, no, God, no, I didn't write it. A fellow named Gary Stewart wrote that. And uh, the band Mike and the Moon Pies uh, just released, or I just found out they did a song, um, they did a tribute record to all the lost songs of Gary Stewart. It had never been released before, and I heard it, and I was just, I fell in love with it. They're in Austin. They're in Austin, yeah. The Mike and the Moon Pies. Check them out, man. Good stuff. Real good stuff. Uh, well, I guess we could do... Um, song here off of the Barstool Romeos. Uh, we, we've talked about them some, and uh, uh, I got to get it. Uh, I got to pull it up here. I can't remember it. I don't usually sing this one. Uh, Andy does, but uh, it's one of my favorites. Um, and uh, it's, it's so good. I haven't... Uh, I haven't memorized the words. Hmm. I'm really doing this one good, huh? Are you kidding me? Well. Sure, sure, sure. Man, that's embarrassing. Hey, uh, don't, uh, don't judge me. I don't need your, I don't need it. I don't need it. I'm trying new stuff. I wrote it, so I can do whatever I want to, right? I have abandonment issues sometimes, but uh, I think that's just where my dad used to throw me up in the air and told me he'd come back and catch me and didn't. Uh-oh. Uh, what happened? Work those new cameras for a second. I'll change this one. 
We lose. We lose. Houston. Um, man, are you kidding me? This is embarrassing. Well, I tell you what. So I could have pretended like I was tuning. that you're annoying me. I mean, I'm just, I'm, maybe I didn't. But, uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, this one's called Waking Up Alone. We wrote this one. Uh, Andy Perkle called me up, and uh, one, uh, one night, uh, it was night over here, and it was daytime, or no, maybe it was, uh, yeah, it was about 4 o'clock in the morning where I was, and it was maybe midnight here, and, he called me slobbering and said, well, I wrote this great for okay. And uh, I said, okay, great. I get back, we'll flush it out. So we did. And it's called Waking Up Alone. It's on the Barstool Romeo's record. You can find it out there on your, anywhere you download music. So, uh... Well, she left me Thursday and I cried and I drank whiskey until dawn. It's noon on a Friday, I'm still here, but I carry on long. All oh, the heartache in my chest weighs me down like I'm carrying a stone. But at least I got more whiskey and I Pretty good at waking up alone And I'll never love the ideas of love again The one that's got my heart turned out she wasn't my friend Reflections in the mirror show a man I've never known Ah, oh, but at least I got more whiskey And I'm pretty good at waking up alone
find more whiskey and I'm pretty good at waking up all long so slobber myself trying to hit all those hot licks I was just drooling <laughs> <laughs> it was that kind of wall-eyed looking <laughs> how dare you hey uh we were telling uh okay so uh so are these people that are, are watching now, I mean, I know some of my people are, uh, but uh, out of your folks, these are people that, um, well, they will be, will, will be listening mm -hmm. to the podcast. Uh, yeah, some of them to are the watching podcast. And, Okay. And, some, and All probably right. a greater number of them will see it. So I guess, I guess, okay, I knew that. I guess I worded that wrong. So they haven't heard the story yet. About um, our time at the uh, Overton County bed and breakfast, have they? Well, some of them will have. Some, some of them will have. Some, some of them will, will not. Have. Okay. Well, for those of you that have, and for those of you that will, so that means I'll love you. You happy now? You happy? Okay, good. So uh, I wrote a little song about it. Said story. Make a little sense to some of you. Lawman is coming, boy. He's got you in his sights. No time to straighten up or two. Five rides you've been running, but they got you this time. Here we don't care what you do We're gonna haul your ass in And make an example out of you You've been running but we got you this time Been running boy we got you this time You've been running a long long time Now you're at the end of line Thought you had it made But today ain't your day You've been running boy we you this time now welcome to the hotel we hope you like your bed here's some thread to cover up with and no pillow for your head you've been running but we got you this time there ain't nothing here that's too much fun but you get to sleep all day Play the cards that is dealt and please enjoy your stay. You've been running, but we got you this time. You've been running, but we got you this time. You've been running a long, long time. Now you're at the end of the line. You thought you had it made, but today ain't your day. You've been running, boy, we got you this time. number cause it's a holiday just eat the food that we serve and please enjoy your stay you've been running but we got you this time 
Rise and shine, here's your clothes, Knoxville's on the way. Y'all come back and stay a while and have a real nice day. You been running, but we got you this time. Yeah, running, boy, we got you this time. You been running a long, long time. Now you're at the end of the line. Thought you had it made, but today ain't your day. You been running, boy, we got you this time. Now the back seats are kind of tied for big boys like you. We'll stop off in Crab Orchard and buy you a Mountain Dew. You been running, but we got you this time. Now, prisoner, he is a man that owes more than he makes. You see, the days and nights are payments for the fall of his mistakes. You been running, boy, we got you this time. You been running, boy, we got you this time. special ending on it for you. <laughs> Thanks, man. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, well, I guess it wouldn't be, uh, it wouldn't be a Mike McGill anything if we didn't sing a killing song i mean what's better oh she's asking for it what a knoxville girl i'm gonna kill her certainly before the 37 verses they wrote about her i'd have killed verse three she'd be gone and i could have took her out i wouldn't like to refer to them, you know, as like murder ballads. But, you know, I mean, unless it's just the revenge or the spite, you know, really killing somebody, there's not much fun in it. I mean, so I've been told. But for all you people that are out there are heartbroken, lonely, desperate, been left down in the deep, deep, dark realms of despair by someone, a jilted lover, Someone's lied to you. Someone spoke bad about you. Hurt your feelings. Broke your confidence. This song, my friends, are for you. It's, it's kind of subtle. Not quite to the point like Knoxville Girl or some of those old hillbilly killing songs. So you have to listen real close. Pay attention. And make sure you catch it. You can use it for your own interpretation, like any good story should be written. Why did you ever tell me that you love me? 
that you deserve to And I'm pretty sure I've got all the nerve to Make this the last day of your life Cause I'm gonna kill you Simply gonna kill you I'm gonna kill you, simply gonna kill you, and bury you in a box about half your size. <laughs> well, you told me you were just going out to the store, and it seems like a month of Sundays since you've been gone. I've been left all alone here by myself walking the floor So you better get ready just as soon as you come in the door You know why? Cause I'm gonna kill you Simply gonna kill you Sweet one. Yeah, well, you know, there's no, no, no need of giving it all away right at the thing, you know. Well, people are smart enough, you don't need to just hit them over the head with it, you know. Nah, you just, just whack. Like I said, they were asking for it. No, that was an old Wynn Stewart song from way back in the country music days of old. I was coming up through, uh, coming out of Atlanta one night, coming back home from a big tour down south, and come on the Sirius XM radio, and I said, boy, there's a cheating, heartbreaking, killing song if I ever heard one. I never forgot it. So there you go. You're welcome. Uh, what do you say we do? One, two more, three more, ten more, fourteen more? What are we doing? Yeah, let's, let's do another one. Kill two, do another one? Two, yeah. yeah, sure. I'm gonna check my glaucoma. Yeah. Well, fuck it, man. You know, what are you gonna do? Look at me. I got four good eyes. I see, you know, think of all the things I can see. So, um, yeah. Well, you know. I'm like Forrest Gump. Sorry I messed up your Black Panther party. You know, I don't know what to say. That was such a good movie. Such a good line. You can, yeah. You can use that one anytime. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, totally. Let's see here. Uh... Just one second. <clears throat> I tell you what we'll do, and the reason I say this, we'll do us a little. Uh, We'll do us a little medley. How about that for something special? Uh, 
Yeah. We might give a uh, a uh, uh, thirsty. Oh yes, thank you so much. We may have to uh, try to get a little. Uh, I mean, since we're on the. Since we're all decked out in the Santa Claus suit, should we preface that too, just to kind of tell everybody what's going on for just a minute while I'm stammering around like a lost child wandering in from the story? You want to do that while I find your song? Uh, (laughs) Oh boy, I don't like you. Never? No, never really have liked you, quite honestly. I don't know why I keep coming back. No, I've got it. So, um, so we do you a little mix up, a little mash up, a little thing there. Um, Santa Claus suit. It's Christmas time, December. Uh, it's time for the eighth annual Mike McGill's Christmas Spectacular, and uh, this year it will be a solo extravaganza of sorts um, due to the COVID and restraints of uh, gathering people out live. We won't be able to do that, but we'll be able to come to you just like so uh, in a. Uh, in a much more uh, nicer place, much more professional. Uh, certainly the people will be more enjoyable, or at least one of them will. The other guy here, he's okay. But, uh, but we'll, be, we'll be bringing that to you on a Facebook live stream on December 18th at 8 p.m. So tune in for that. It's for a wonderful cause. We've been doing it for a while now, and uh, it's for the Food for Kids program uh, through Second Harvest Food Bank of East Tennessee. And they are um, just incredible. Uh, they do a wonderful, wonderful uh, job um, feeding the hungry here in East Tennessee. So I uh, would love for y'all to support that. With seven bucks, you can feed a kid for an entire year. And it would be my goal as every year to put them out of business. That's what I want to happen. I want them to all lose their jobs because there's no more hungry people. Um, so we got a lot of work ahead of us if we're going to make that happen. So tune in December 18th, 8 p.m., Facebook live stream, Mike McGill's Christmas Spectacular. You can find it on Facebook. I'm going to make it a public event. Uh, you can go to my page. Uh, you can also find all the stuff there. We'll be making a lot of big announcements tomorrow. Uh, we got some media coverage of it as well from our good friends at uh, Blank Newspaper with Rusty Odom and his fine staff, and uh, as well as Steve Wildsmith, uh, who is also doing a piece for the Daily Times for all you Blunt County folks. So you got no excuses is what I'm telling you. You got no excuses. Don't mess up Christmas. Don't piss me off and mess up Christmas. I'm not going to mess it up, so don't you mess it up. Tune in and uh, do something good for somebody. Uh, You'll be a lot happier. Uh, that you have done that so uh, so I sing you a little song I wrote and uh, and then mix you in a little bit of Christmas songs with that and uh, thanks a lot Ben for having me I do love you man uh, I don't like you I love you and um, uh, you and uh, Sam has uh, been great and uh, I'll be glad to come back anytime tune in and check us out um, become Mike McGill fans you ain't got nothing else better to do. Sit around, change your mask, wash your ass, save trees, don't buy no toilet paper. You'll be fine. 
So uh, I love you guys. Take care of everyone around you and uh, the people that are around you the most right now. Uh, that's family. So uh, it may not be who you thought it was going to be, and it may may uh, may be the the opposite. But uh, take care of each other. Be nice. Love one another. Well, now if feeling low down was a contest, I'd be running in first place. If teardrops were made out of silver and gold, I'd have a fortune running down my face. Well, if I just had back all the women, Lord, mistakes of being drunk and dumb. My hands would be busy hugging and squeezing instead of twiddling my thumbs. You know, if I only had me a dollar, Every time I was broke Well, I light myself up another cigarette And I'd watch it go up in smoke And then I'd buy myself a big sack of weed And I'd give all my friends a toke And if I only had me a dollar For every time that I've been broke I don't have to be doing this for a living I could be out robbing your house right now Well, if heartaches were like hurricanes, this would be a category five. You know, I would count myself lucky if I ever make it out alive. Well, my rich uncle, he's in the poorhouse, and my ship still ain't come in. And every time that I think I got it made in the shade, well, they cut the tree down again. Well, if I only had me a dollar every time, I was broke Well, I light myself up another cigarette And I'd watch it go up in smoke And then I'd buy myself a big, 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 big I mean a gigantic sack of weed And I'd give all my friends a toke Yeah, if I only had me a dollar For every time that I've been broke Now, you know, this next little part here is for all the truck drivers out there. You may know a truck driver. Hell, you may be a truck driver. And if you are, we thank you for all your service and dedication that you've been doing through these crazy times that we've been having over the year that is called 2020. While we're out all having a good time and doing whatever we want to do, you know, these guys are out there on the road delivering their loads. Don't make it weird. <laughs> you don't know me. I wasn't in Albuquerque last week. I got Christmas tree lights on the cab of my truck. That's where I'm going to be Christmas. I got nowhere to go and the one I know that ever needs me around at Christmas. My old truck and I will be flying high and a singing them Christmas songs. I'll be jingling my bells and a singing Noel cause I'm out on the road at Christmas. Yeah, we'll stop down in line for some dinner and wine, yeah. That's what I'm gonna do Christmas. Take a minute 
or so for a little prayer I know that's what I'll do on Christmas but when I leave that cafe I'll ho ho away singing like old Santa Claus and then it's back on the road I'll be hauling my load and I'm back on the road for Christmas well, I lost my job, I ain't got me a dime Yeah, my face needs a shave and my boots need a shine I'm all hung over, I got a mouth full of cotton Yes, I have arrived This must be the bottom Oh, well, if this is the bottom, then okay, I figured I'd make it here someday. I had high hopes, and she sure shot them. Yes, I've arrived. This must be the bottom. Doodle doo doo. Doodle doo doo doo. Doodle doo doo doo. Ha ha ha. Doodle doo doo doo. Now it's a lonely old time this time of year When you're out on the road at Christmas But it's just as well And if I were at home I'd have nowhere to go on Christmas So I'll drive through the night And I'll light up my lights And I'll sing my old Christmas song I'll be singing Noel And jingling my bells Cause I'm out on the road for Christmas Singing my bells and a singing Noel, and I'm out on the road for Christmas. Got to get that toilet paper up to Kentucky. Not because they're out, but because their football team is terrible. And I don't like them. Or their basketball team. Got to haul it down there to Alabama, too. Yeah, I got to get it down there somehow. You know what they say. <laughs> Watch out, Daddy. That's my cigarettes. <laughs> I tried to clean it up. But then, you know, then you'll be going down to Mississippi, South Carolina. You think they're the real cock of the walk. Well, probably what I'll have to do is Maybe I won't be out on the road at Christmas delivering toilet paper this year in my big rig. May have to leave it all here for Jeremy Pruitt and the balls. <laughs> Merry Christmas, everybody. South of Scruffy Podcast. Tune in, tell your friends, wake up all your neighbors, do your job, do your part, spread the word. Mike McGill, Christmas Spectacular, December 18th, 8 p.m., Facebook Live. <laughs>